Well, good evening. It's a while since I've been up here. I haven't really missed it. So I hope you bear with me. Might be a bit rusty. Um, I've decided to preach tonight on the fear of the Lord. It'll be a kind of a, a Bible study. And uh, I'll start off with what I found as a pretty good definition, theological definition, in the Rock of Ages Study Bible of the fear of the Lord. And I'll read it out to you. It's the note on Psalm 19, verse 9, the fear of the Lord. This means trust and faith in the Lord and his word and hatred of anything that is contrary to his will. So uh, tonight we'll just discuss the definitions of the words for fear out of Strong's and then we'll give a, a Bible definition, what the Bible calls the fear of the Lord. And we'll move on to my second point, which will be how can we know that we have the fear of the Lord? Because it is something that can be taught. It is something we can choose and it's something we can understand. And my third point will be on the benefits of the fear of the Lord. And the Bible speaks much about the benefits of fearing God. And we'll close on an illustration of, uh, out of the life of Abraham, who was really tested by the Lord to see if he had fear of God. So without further ado, we'll move on to the definitions for the word of, for fear. In the Old Testament, the main word for fear is ye or, Y-I-R-A-W, that's how it's pronounced. Pronounce. It means a fear or reverence. So we should afford God a certain amount of reverence and fear. Not cringing, fawning fear, but a reverence and a respect for him. In the New Testament, the main word for fear is phobos, from which we get the word phobia in English. It means alarm, fright, be afraid, terror or fear exceedingly. And if we ever come to a, a vision of the Lord like uh, John the Apostle did, we'd be filled with terror, we'd fall at his feet as a dead man. Like the Apostle uh, Paul also fell at the Lord Jesus' feet with terror, I believe, on the road to Damascus. He rose up uh, astonished and, uh, and I believe with exceeding fear. But the Bible gives its own definition of what fear is. If you turn to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, it gives the definition, the biblical definition of fear. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. This is how the Lord defines the fear of the Lord, is to hate evil. And he goes on to discuss the various things that the Lord finds particularly evil. Number one, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, doing evil, doing mischief. 
and the froward mouth, that means a lying mouth, telling lies. God can't abide those things. This is what Satan did originally. He fell into the sin of pride and to cover his tracks he started lying about it, a bit like what Adam did. He feared God, tried to hide himself from him and started telling lies, trying to put the blame onto his wife and uh, on others, on, on the Satan. So the Bible also goes on to discuss things that the Lord hates. And it discusses those in Proverbs 6. Turn over a page. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 to 19. These are particular things that God hates. Proverbs 6, starting at verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. So all these things he hates, and all of them are abominations. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. So here again, the first thing on the, on the list is the proud look. And a lying tongue comes in second. We'd probably put murder, shedding innocent blood as first. But the Lord says pride is the, is the thing that he hates because pride leads to all these other sins. Satan first sinned because he was proud. He wanted to take the place of God. And people who are proud are capable of anything. We just see the pride that covers dictators that rise up like Nebuchadnezzar or Hitler or anybody else. They're filled with pride or Mussolini. That leads them to telling lies to gain power. Then they start shedding innocent blood. It's interesting to notice that in heart that devises wicked imaginations and those who want to do mischief and reiterates the false witness that speaketh lies. Lying again is something that God hates, and he that soweth discord among brethren. If, you know to, if we are to know the fear of the Lord, we should learn to hate all these things too. Worldly, unsaved people have no hatred of these things. In fact, the Bible says, in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 14, that evil men rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked, that is, the perverseness of the wicked. But I believe all of us here, because we come out on a Wednesday night in the cold, that we all know the fear of the Lord, that we are all saved. We rejoice in the fact that God has provided us a way of salvation from our sins through Jesus Christ. And we should learn to fear God as we would our earthly fathers who disciplined us for a short time according to their own will. But God disciplines us for our own good. We have God's word and his promises. And as the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, 
Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So we have the word of God to help us to cleanse ourselves from all these evil things so that we are purged and cleansed of all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So the only way we're going to become perfect in holiness is to learn the fear of God and, and to learn to hate these things that God hates and put them, put them from us. So my second point now is how can we know that we have the fear of the Lord? If you turn to Psalm 34, it clearly states that the fear of the Lord is something that can be taught. Psalm 34, verse 11. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile, that is, deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So here we have the psalmist, King David, saying that he can teach us the fear of the Lord. And what are we to do if we have the fear of the Lord? Again, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile, that is deceit. That is to do with our words. And the second part of that is depart from evil and do good. So we have to hate the things that God hates, all those evil things, and turn to do good. Not only do good, but to seek peace with people and pursue it. We shouldn't be forbearing, judgmental of others. We should learn to be forbearing and patient with people in the fear of the Lord, I believe. Because to be critical and judgmental of others, while we are sinners, we acknowledge we are sinners, we can't afford to be critical and judgmental of others. We are to seek peace with people and pursue it. That is to be forgiving, forbearing, not looking at other people's faults all the time, but uh, learn to fear God. Because, um, yeah, because God will enter into judgment with us for these things. So how do we know specifically that we have the fear of the Lord? In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, you needn't turn there, I'll read it out. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You can be instructed in the fear of the Lord. That is the beginning of knowledge. The Bible will instruct us in knowledge. That will lead to us knowing the fear of the Lord. But fools, not unintelligent people, but fools who despise wisdom and instruction will just dismiss that. They will not be instructed in the knowledge of God, learning the fear of the Lord. Just try to witness the people. They'll just scorn it. They'll mock it. They'll throw up a whole lot of arguments to avoid learning the fear of the Lord. It goes on in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So if we learn to fear the Lord, that is the beginning of wisdom. And as we learn about God in the Bible, that is understanding. Just like Brother Robin preached on Sunday morning, if we just read the Bible, open ourselves up to it, even though we mightn't fully understand it, just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us, minister to us in knowledge, wisdom and understanding. That is the only way we're going to learn the fear of the Lord. A parallel passage in Job 28, verse 28, says, And unto man he said, that is God, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Here again, it reinforces the fact that we need to depart from evil to be able to understand the fear of the Lord and to receive knowledge, wisdom and understanding. We can't afford to dabble in sin and still expect God to bless us with wisdom, knowledge and understanding. We just can't go and say, oh, I can indulge in this, repent of it, and God will understand. He might up to a point, but he'll fix a day. Continue doing that, and I'll start dealing with you. So we should learn to fear the Lord and not make excuses for ourselves and be critical and judgmental of others. Because we should realise that Scorners and mockers of the word of God who despise the fear of the Lord, God will enter into judgment with them. And it says that in Proverbs chapter 1. God will judge them for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. God will judge the simple, the scorners. The simple does not mean unintelligent people, but those who refuse knowledge of God, wisdom of God, understanding of God. They choose to be foolish, to do foolish things, to do things that God hates. And I think at the end of their life, that's it. When you're dead, you're dead. Or they say, oh, we'll have a good time in hell. I'll be with, with all my mates. Or they think God will somehow let me get into heaven my good deeds will outweigh my bad deeds or they have some other religious uh, belief that denies the fear of the Lord, that denies the Bible. They can construct all their religious beliefs on the teachings of men and despise the Bible. But the Lord says, if you want to know the fear of the Lord, you want wisdom, knowledge, understanding in the word Study the Bible. Simple as that. We need to uh, use the Bible to perfect the holiness in the fear of God. So my third point is, what are the benefits of the fear of the Lord? I'm still in Psalm 34. We'll start with uh, the benefits of noted in Psalm 34. In our previous reading, we read from verse 11. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. 
What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Here we see some of the desirable blessings that come from learning the fear of the Lord. We have life, we have many days, and we will see good. That is the general principle of learning the fear of the Lord. And up in verse 7, it goes on to say, uh, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. So we have divine protection and deliverance if we fear the Lord. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about us. And in verse 9, it says, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. So we have this promise that God will take care of our wants if we learn the fear of him. And in Psalm 85 verse 9, needn't turn there, it says, Surely his salvation is nigh unto them that fear him. If we learn to fear the Lord, we're going to be saved. Most of us, because of the fear of the Lord, the consequences of our sins decided that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and allow him to cleanse us from all our sins, all our evil deeds. So we're going to be saved if we learn the fear of the Lord. And in Psalm 103 verse 11, it says, So great is his mercy toward them that fear him. The beginning of the verse says, As the heavens are so high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. His mercy towards us is infinite if we learn to fear him. But if we don't fear him, we're going to suffer judgment in the day of judgment. We can either allow the Lord Jesus to bear our sins, the consequences of our evil deeds, or we'll pay for them ourselves. And in Psalm 147, verse 11, it says, The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him. If we learn to fear him and hate evil and learn wisdom, knowledge, understanding of the Lord, the Lord will be pleased with us. That is a wonderful blessing. We needn't fear that God is some ogre in heaven willing to bash us over the head for everything, every little thing we do. If we confess our sins, allow him to cleanse and purge us from them, we can have confidence before him. We can know that we are accepted in the beloved, that we're in the Lord Jesus' hands and none can pluck us out of his hands, and we're in the Father's hands and none can pluck us out of his hands, and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, and we have eternal salvation and we can never fall from, from salvation as long as we continue in the fear of the Lord. I'll clarify that. I'm not a Calvinist. I don't believe that if you don't persevere to the end that you won't be saved. But I, I believe we have eternal security in the Lord, but we should make our calling and election sure. We should work out our salvation with fear and trembling, the Apostle Paul says. 
We don't work for our salvation, but we work it out. We work out those things that the Lord has given us in the Holy Ghost, learn to do his will. Just like uh, I started out with that quote from the Rock of Ages study Bible, that we should learn to hate anything that is contrary to God's will, anything that is contrary to God's word. We should be ruthless about it. The Bible calls on us to crucify the flesh. We shouldn't pander it. We shouldn't treat it like it's, it's nothing important. We should take the word of God seriously that he demands of us to crucify those things, put them to death. And, uh, and also another benefit of the fear of the Lord in Psalm 25 verse 12, it says, What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. So we're going to have divine guidance if we fear the Lord. If we don't fear the Lord, then God will be far from us. He won't come near us. And we wonder why we don't get any direction and guidance from him. It's because of the evil of our ways. But I believe better things of the people assembled here. And we are admonished to be in the fear of the Lord all the day long, not just a little bit, but all the day long. This means we need to take up our cross daily and follow the Lord Jesus. We need to daily read the Bible, daily spend time in prayer, come to church, because this all entails us learning wisdom, knowledge and understanding of God. That is all about the fear of the Lord. We do these things because we fear the Lord. Now in conclusion, I just used an illustration out of the life of Abraham. Abraham, after he was given the son of promise, the Lord said to him in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. That, meant, that means he tested him and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, God said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Now you might say that the Lord didn't actually say that he was going to slay Isaac, but that is implied. He says, offer him there for a burnt offering. We learnt on Sunday evening, Brother Joss preached about Jephthah offering up his daughter as a burnt offering. But this is a totally different thing. This is the Lord himself saying, offer up your son that you've waited all these years for, son of promise, offer him there on, a burnt, on an altar as a burnt offering on the Mount Moriah.
Abraham didn't fully understand why, but he obeyed. And just as, the, as he was about to slay his son, his beloved son Isaac, notice in verse 2, the first mention of the word love in the Old Testament is mentioned about the love of Abraham for his son Isaac. And just as he was about to slay his son, the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And we read on that God himself provided a substitute a ram that Abraham offered in his stead, in the stead of Isaac. So all this was a test for Abraham to see if he did fear the Lord, if he would obey him, even though he didn't fully understand. And in Hebrews, it gives a commentary on this. In Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter, verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. That phrase, he received him in, in a figure, means that he was a type of Christ, a type of the Father giving up his son on the cross to take our sins. He was a substitute for us, the sin offering, the burnt offering, if you will. That Isaac was a type of that of that. Uh, supreme sacrifice. So what can we draw from this? God tested Abraham to see if he feared the Lord and he passed the test. He had to actually go through it. God had to prove him. He had to make sure that Abraham would indeed do this in obedience to the Lord. And sometimes God will ask us to sacrifice something that we want or that we hold dear. He might ask us to be willingly to temporarily give that thing up in the fear of the Lord, just as God tested Abraham. And I come across an interesting quote from Keith Piper in his Answers book on page 376 in his section on the fear of the Lord. I'll read out this quote. All through our life we will be tested to see if we will obey God in faith or take what appears to be a shortcut against God's word and thus sin. Which will you choose? Will you choose the fear of the Lord or will you choose a shortcut? To do your own self-will to choose evil rather than good, 
to choose something that God hates. What is in conclusion? In Proverbs 23, verse 17, I read the full, the full verse. Uh, I, I alluded to it before. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. We shouldn't look at people in the world that haven't got a care in the world. They're blessed, they're happy, they're rich, they're prosperous. We shouldn't say they can do what they like. They needn't come to church. They don't have to give in tithes and offerings. They don't have to come to church all the time. They're having a good time. They go to parties. They can listen to what they want in music. But fear the Lord. Hate those things that the world does. Those things that God hates. The pride, the lying, the shedding of blood. Running to do mischief. Sowing discord among brethren. Rejoicing in family disputes, hating and lying and all sorts of evil things. We should fear and reverence God just as we would our earthly father and seek to obey him. We should seek to do God's will, not our own will. As we saw, the fear of the Lord is something we can learn, we can be instructed in, so that we learn what is pleasing to God, what is displeasing to him. We learn to hate and avoid saying and doing those things that God hates. We should choose the fear of the Lord. We should understand it. And we should know that there are many blessings that come from choosing the fear of the Lord. And finally, we saw that God will often test us to see if we have learnt to fear him. He will test us just like he did Abraham. We have this phrase, putting something on the altar, handing it over to the Lord. This is what Abraham did when he was fully intent on sacrificing his son Isaac on the altar. But he believed that God was able to raise him from the dead. So we just commit things, and we commit things to the Lord and trust him that all things will work together for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. If we fear God, everything will work out. If we fear God, he will be guiding us in everything we do and say. Uh, you shouldn't fear losing out, missing out on the things that the world seeks and loves. God will give us good gifts if we learn the fear of the Lord. Let us close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the word of God. I just trust that uh, I've made it clear what I'm called to preach and teach tonight. Help, help us, Lord, all to walk, walk in the fear of the Lord, to learn to trust you, to have faith in you just as Abraham did, and to be willing to obedient, be obedient to you and to your word and that, uh, that you are blessed and prosperous, Lord, and protect us from the power of the evil one and all the blessings that I've said and all the other blessings that the Bible says that come along on those that fear the Lord would come upon us, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>